I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me as always are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi guys. Hey Chris. Hello Chris. So the three of us, along with my lovely bride, recently attended a marriage conference in Pennsylvania intended for adoptive and foster parents Mm -hmm. called Together Called. Yes. So good. It was. And out of that, we decided that some of the things that we talked about there would be relevant to our listeners because one of the questions we seem to get a lot is connected parenting is really hard and it's straining my marriage. And how can we fix that? And yes. we have thoughts. Yeah. And at and some point in the next uh, 20 minutes or so, we'll just get to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm sure. Just we're, 20 minutes and everything will be perfect in your marriage. Just like with your kids, right? That's all we're... Exactly. Like One hundred, episode. We're good. That's why we're a couple mm-hmm. episodes into this whole thing because, you know... <laughs> yeah, we've recorded a few. Yes. As Bob Marley said, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, before, before we get started, I just think it bears mentioning that um, longtime uh, producer of this thing, Dallas Stacy, uh, took a job out of state and is no longer able to be here. And so... We're engineering this one ourselves tonight, and so um, and we're lying on D- uh, Dallas for post processing. We and, we and also we had to call him during the setup. <laughs> he also lives in a different time zone now, so um, it was a lot later in the evening for him than it is for us. Um, but yeah, um, this is the this is the first one without him in the room, and so it feels kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Minor more. technical difficulties, but and if you detect any sadness in our voices, this is why. Yes, we miss Dallas, so we do miss you, bud. All right. What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, parenting adopted and foster kids is really hard yeah. and puts a big time strain on marriage sometimes. Well, I wouldn't say sometimes, pretty much all the time, because I know all of us have been there, the three of us sitting around the table. Yeah, for sure. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this just group therapy for you, Chris? <laughs> sure. I mean, our, intervention. We, I'll take the fall. We never, I mean, we, we never argue or... Or disagree about how to parent our kids. The truth of the matter is, part of the the reason I think is because you're you're always so tired. Yes, this is exhausting. Yeah, um, dealing with dealing with all testify. Yeah, (laughs) 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 it's just exhausting, and and it's hard to be on, and you're always kind of like at a knife's edge, and, and your kids need you to be good, and your spouse needs you to be good, and 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 your boss needs you to be good, and Mm -hmm. and your clients, whatever, right? And so. Um, it's just, you know, for me, um, by the time I've kind of settled back into the family rhythm, I didn't really have much left to give mm-hmm. phys- physically. And I think that's, you know, when Kayla and I have been at our worst is when we have been tired or overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, she recently in a, remember we talked about turn volume and cadence on this thing before? Right. She recently in a, in a slightly aggressive tone with accelerated cadence and increased volume informed me that she was overwhelmed. (laughs) You know, we're doing so many things and we're trying to be a detective of our kids' Mm. needs, right? We're trying to figure out what our kids' needs. And I think we often neglect what our spouse needs Mm. because we just are so kid-centric. And if we're kid-centric, then our, I mean, 
the kids pick up on tensions between mom and dad, right? The kids pick up when... And some of them will exploit those tensions, they too. They will. And they will. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they start to triangulate because they're like, oh, well, mom's mad at dad, so I'm going to get dad to do this, or I'm going to get mom to do this. And, and it's no good for anybody yeah. when mom and dad aren't on the same page and when they're not in relationship with one another, right? I right. mean, so when parents are at odds with one another... It doesn't help the kids feel safe. It doesn't help them connect because they're constantly wondering what's going on, right? I mean, whenever we've had an argument and the kids have, they'll, they'll come over and they'll be like, are you okay? And you can tell, like, they're just wondering, like, is everything going to be okay? Because we mm. live in this world where yeah. divorce is so prevalent that the kids begin to wonder, like, is this is this it? Is this where we're we're you know, we're mom headed. and dad are going right. to split up, right? Um, you know, I mean, we have between us we have um, three siblings, Ryan and I do, and we're the only ones of our siblings that haven't been divorced. Mm. And so our kids have seen it firsthand with all of our siblings, yeah. and have seen the struggles, you know. And so I think for our kids, especially because our kids have that. Um, you know, they've already got that compromised belief system, right? And so when we start to have marital issues, it begins to just weigh really heavy on our kids. And they mm. begin to think, did they do something wrong? Is something happening here, right? And so it's just, it's such an important topic. I mean, it's probably the, the biggest thing people ask us is, okay, so we figured out this parenting thing, sort of, but my husband's not on board or my wife's not on board or we can't get on the same page or... We just don't have time for each other. Yeah, and there's there's a lot that you said there, a lot, right? And so, um, want to just say a couple of things. Um, one, it really senses, set, um, threatens, excuse me, the children's sense of, of security, right? Because yeah. of their their belief system um, that people give up, people abandon, people walk out, people don't hang in there. You know, all the research says that what you need is, a, is somebody who won't give up on you. Mm-hmm. So it's a key ingredient, and so. That sense of um, of security is compromised in all of that, uh, but the other thing is that when we're under pressure, um, we go with what we know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, so I, I'm I'm fond of saying, and and so to anybody who'll listen, that if you want a glimpse into somebody's childhood, just watch how they act when they're under pressure. Yeah, yeah. because uh, I know um, that when I'm under pressure, my volume goes up, and I was raised in a house by my mom and dad yelled. That's, mm-hmm. That was their primary form of correction was yelling, and so um, and so that's you know that's where I learned I'm like oh when I'm struggling I'm a yeller, and so this is yeah it's just a lot um, a lot going on you know Kaylee you're kind of gracious you said sometimes a husband will say um, you know I'm embracing this connected parenting thing but my wife's not on on board <laughs> I think the next time I hear that will be the first time <laughs> I hear that um, and I'm not yeah. trying, not trying to make light of us guys but. Um, you know, it is, it was, you know, the thing that really kind of opened eyes and this, we were in uh, Pittsburgh last year. And on the lunch break, these two ladies came and sat down by us and said, uh, we need to talk to you about our marriages. And I mean, they were just really, really struggling. And it was, I'm really trying to do this connected parenting thing, but, but my, my spouse isn't on board and it's causing a real rift between us. Yeah. And the one particularly said, you know, my husband just wants to give consequences for everything and I'm trying to do this connected parenting approach Mm. and I don't know how to 
so basically what she was doing is she was just going head to head with her husband over every single consequence. And so we just sat down and talked about, we're like, well, okay, so we teach our kids how to have compromises. So can you and your husband come to a compromise? Yeah. Can you say, we're going to write down the things that we're going to give consequences for, mm. right? So if your husband's insistent on consequences, then okay, so what are the things we're going to give consequences? We're not going to give them for everything, but we're going to find those, you know, top three things or top five things, right? If that, because consequences have a place, they're just overused, right? I don't think they're, they're always what we need to go to. There's so many other tools. And so I said, so if you can compromise on what you're going to give the consequences, then you can begin to connect and empower your kids so that they're feeling safer and they're able to not need, you know, dad's not having to enforce those consequences as often and he'll begin to see some of the benefits of what you're already doing. So, and remind them that there are some things that just have natural consequences already that you don't need to pile anything else on. Right. If you can get to that point, then the rest of that kind of falls into place behind it. Well, um, I think what you said there is super valuable, super, super valuable because we've had people, um, you know, and Kayla can tell tell a story um, about a class she was in one time and was a participant in the class, not not an instructor. But people, um, I feel like people will embrace connected parenting to some degree, but still think, okay, well, there has to be a consequence, right? So, um, you know, I, this was an example for me, so I'll, so I'll rat myself out. Um, I am very, very opposed to running in the house. For several reasons. One, you could hurt yourself. Two, you could hurt somebody else. And um, three, you could break something. So there's the trifecta. And so what I would always do is if somebody would run in the house um, and they would maybe slip or, you know, just clip the wall or something. You know how it goes, right? Right. And, um, And I would say, while they were crying, instead of, Oh, I can tell you hurt. You need an ice pack, which I now do mostly. Uh, I would say, this is why I tell you not to run the house. <laughs> and, um, and pointing out somebody's shortcomings while they're suffering the consequences <laughs> of their shortcomings just, just makes you the opposite of a nice person, I've learned, number one. But number two, it's not helpful. Number three, the child is not in a, in a mental they're place where they can, where they can receive yeah. it at all. No, you're just yeah. wasting your time. It's why you end up saying, I've told you a thousand <laughs> times. Because you have. They just haven't heard it once. Um, and then once they kind of stop crying, and then you, like, you, you punish them for some reason, for, some, for something, right? Um, that's just bad. Um, and so... Um, you know, when you bring that into, into marriage, that's kind of what, what, what you were talking about, Kelly, is, is people kind of will embrace connected parenting to a point, and then they still revert to their, their old ways. And mm-hmm. so what, what we had to learn was just apply the nurture, and, you know, over time the kids end up just, they, they run less now. You know, me nagging them didn't help them at all. Well, and also the same principle there that we're talking about applies to our spouse too, right? So our spouse does something that you said that wasn't a good idea, but instead of just being there supporting, saying, you know, I'm sorry that didn't work out for you. Sorry that didn't work out. (laughs) Right. We go, remember I told you that wasn't, you shouldn't do that. Are you confessing to this? (laughs) No, I was actually (laughs) trying to rat you out. But that's what we do, my, right? My, my. So, <laughs> so, so we, 
we come in with it. We may not use the exact words. I told you so, but mm. what, but our actions don't come it's in implied. with this empathetic, <laughs> right? Very much implied. implied. If you say, you know, and especially when it comes to the kids, right? So you say to your spouse, you shouldn't do that with the kids and they do it anyways. And then it doesn't work or it backfires on them. Then you want to go see, I told you that wouldn't work. They mm. know you said that. They remembered it. The minute it didn't work, they're like, oh, crap, I should have listened to my, <laughs> you know, my wife. Or, oh, crap, I should have listened to my husband. They don't need you to remind them of their shortcoming, right? I mean, so so many of these principles that we talk about with our kids, they apply to our marriages, too. But mm. we forget. Now, I... I don't recommend asking your husband if he wants to have a redo. <laughs> Doesn't usually go very well. Um, but we have been known to give each other a redo, like to say, can I, can I try that again? Right. When I've said something I shouldn't, or when I, you know, I, I tend self-redo, to be basically. a self redo, right. Yeah. Give myself a redo. Like, like for instance, I tend to be very critical, like right off the bat. Right. So when somebody, you know, when Ryan tells me he has an idea about something, usually my first instinct is to say, is to tell him why it's not going to work, right? Now, he is an ideas guy, and he needs to tell me all his ideas, good, bad, and ugly, and he needs me to support his ideas. And I've learned that over the years, but still, sometimes I just vomit, like, all the things that are wrong with his idea and why it's not going to work and tell him why, you know, I'm overwhelmed and why did he have one more idea, right? Right. <laughs> And so what I try to do, don't always do it well, is I'll say, can I try that again? I feel like the podcast episode's turning into marriage therapy. (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point. Am I going to get a chance to respond to this? Yes, would you respond kindly? (laughs) (laughs) You were saying what you've learned to do? So, no, what what I try to do, I don't always do it, is, is just say, can I try that again? And then he tells me again his idea and I encourage him and tell him what a great idea it was or just encourage him. If I really don't think it's a great idea, I'm not going to be like over the top or whatever, but I can at least say, you know, that was uh, thanks. I like that. You know, let's talk about that more or whatever. I can encourage tonight. Is, sharing. Tonight's the first time I wish this was a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see the look on his face. He's like, that's not how it happens. Well, the, the, no, the look on Chris's face too. <laughs> No, I, I will say that you have gotten better better about that over the years. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Um, I do. I do. Um, don't share all of my ideas with everybody, but uh, to share all of my ideas with my spouse. And um, yeah, when we were first married, it was it was always just like this is why this isn't going to work. And so I do want to object to the good, bad, or ugly accusation you made about my ideas <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, but that's They're pro- mostly good. They're mostly good. Okay. Well, okay. I, I'd can, say, I accept that. I'd say 95% of them are really good. Thank you. I, it was, it was the like- ugly that I was objecting. <laughs> no. I accept I that some of them are bad. <laughs> I don't know that 95% are- good. <laughs> Four percent bad, maybe one percent ugly. ugly. I can live with that. Okay, there you go. I can live with that. That's probably good ratio. Look at look at you, Chris, the the great mediator. (laughs) Look look at this compromise you two have reached. (laughs) But but I think it's it's important um, to to be willing to compromise. It is important to ask um, if if you want to try, you know, for to a redo. Um, I think we uh, we have on occasion done the the 
the the purpose place playfulness the whoa nelly you want to try that again <laughs> uh, but you really really have to know your spouse to know when to work that one in yes because uh, because some days as we say in texas that dog ain't gonna hunt <laughs> <laughs> so, yes uh, but but i think that that's important you know we, we were um at a conference recently and listened um, to um to beth guckenberger from back-to-back ministries who um we just have a lot of respect for that organization and the folks in it. And obviously, we've had Jane Schooler on this podcast before, um, but she said the thing. The thing is that that you need to don't just praise God in the good times. Like praise Him in the middle of the bad times, because yeah. when, when you don't want to, right? Right. And I think that it's always easy to praise in the good times. Uh, absolutely, it's yeah. always. But when, easy. but when you when, but when you're really, really question, like you really have real doubts about the goodness of God, praise Him in those moments. She said. And so marriage is like that too, right? So when you're really struggling with your spouse, most people want to separate at that, not separate in terms of legally separate, but right. like distance themselves in the house, not the, you know, all of a sudden the date night thing goes away. Emotionally distancing. Yeah. 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 And that's when you really got to, you know, and that's one of the things we spoke to with those, those two ladies is you really got to, I mean, you have to start pursuing each other. You know, I think that, that it's super important because what we do is our pride gets hurt and we go, well, I'm going to wait for them. Okay, yeah, that's nice, I guess, but that's not going to solve any of the world's problems. Um, some of the best advice I was given a long, long time ago, even before I even knew Kayla, was, was this. Uh, most people think you should only apologize when you're wrong, but you should apologize when you're wrong and when the relationship is important to you. Mm. And so I think that that's, you know, mar- marriage is one of the ways that God, God um, purifies us. Uh, sanctifies us that's the word I was looking for one of the ways that God sanctifies us because now you have um, two people who came into this thing with with agendas and hopes and dreams expectations ex- for their own lives expectations of what marriage is going to look like and then it had to be the, the great compromise and instead of it being a great compromise which I think our marriage isn't a gr- the great compromise because that makes it sound bad but I think that we're more willing to compromise with each other because now almost 20 years in, I think we truly, truly believe that what's best for us together is better than what's best for us as individuals. Mm. And so we've really made that the central theme of our marriage. But I think now the first 10 years of our marriage were certainly a battle of worlds. And, 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 you know, and it's hard, right? I mean, I don't have any sisters. Like simple stuff like sharing a bathroom with a girl was insane for me. <laughs> I'm like, why do I only get one drawer? And she's like, I got more stuff. <laughs> so it's just quite, at every level, right? You have to figure out how to do all of those things. Well, it's the communication. Yeah. It's the conflict resolution, you know, and we've, we've learned, you know, when it comes to conflict resolution that we have to let our kids see us not only, you know, we don't yell and scream and, you know, in front of the kids, but we, <laughs> we don't, well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said behind closed doors either. <laughs> That's true. We don't yell and scream that much, but we, but when our kids see us argue, they also see us repair, right? They also see us come back and connect in relationship mm. so that they know everything's okay. Mom and dad can disagree. Mom and mom and dad can be upset. We can even, you know, kind of be snippy with each other sometimes and come back and repair things and we're going to still be okay. Right. And so I think that piece has been important for our kids to see in order to help them continue to feel safe. Yeah. So, um, if, if I may just say something, I completely obviously agree with that. 
um, because you know we we had talked. I remember when 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 Kayla had this realization, when she said, "You know, my parents never argued in front of us," yeah. and so that was always done behind closed doors. And so um, when when the two of us would get into conflict. I mean, how long into our marriage was before you had this? About fifteen years. It was a while, yeah. And and she was actually teaching class one night. And she said and she had this aha moment where like I know why I struggle in conflict because I've never had an example of how to resolve conflict mm-hmm. between spouses. Because it sounds good, right? Don't argue in front of the kids, yeah. right? But then they don't see you resolve anything, right? And so you're actually handicapping them in that emotional sense because yeah, they know you argued. Yeah, yeah. they can tell. We it's not like you walk out of the bedroom and, and like where everybody's smiling. Right. Yeah, I mean, we could. I could always. I knew when they were upset with one another, mm. but because I could feel that tension, mm-hmm. right? But I just never saw the actual conflict and how it was resolved. So then, when Ryan and I would argue, I would like all of a sudden I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is it. We're done. We're getting a divorce. We can't do this anymore." And I was like, "Wait, this is ridiculous. We can't. Surely, there's a way to argue. Like, surely." people argue and come out on the other side okay right i mean i I just didn't know how to do it and so we've had to learn well Well, i think sorry go ahead no i I was just gonna say that i think that from what you just said kayla to me it sounds like you know in the back of your mind even if you're not verbally expressing it to one another you've agreed divorce is not an option right which there are gonna be some people listening to this who are not gonna like to hear that but if you want your marriage to survive raising yeah. kids from adoptive and foster, you know, kids from hard places. That's what the commitment you have to make. Yeah. Divorce is just not an option. Yeah. Because sooner or later, the kids are not going to be in your house anymore. Yep. It's just going to be the two of you again. And you need to stick together as a team yeah. to get through it. Well, which is, well, it's so important, right? That, that, that you stick together through all of it because one day um, that you're going to, the children will not be in the house anymore. And, um, you can't have the only thing that mattered between the two of you that you raised kids. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have to enjoy each other and, and love each other and, you know, make out in the kitchen in front of the kids. It's fine. It's not traumatizing <laughs> to them. They call it, ew. ew. As much as yes. they, ew, they, 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 they know not just from the way we speak, speak, but by the way we treat each other, that we love each other. And I think that's, that's really important. And so, you, you know, I realize we probably have to wrap up here soon, but it sounds like we're vault raising our hands for a couple of more episodes on this on the subject. And it's so, so important. Um, so um, when we were up at together called in Pennsylvania, the, the Sparrow Fund marriage re- retreat that asked us to do a, um, a half day seminar on, on staying connected in, in marriage while parenting kids from trauma. And so um, we did about, you know, with brave, with a couple of breaks, about three and a half hours of teaching uh, honestly, it could have been two days. There's just so much great stuff there in terms of, you know, what the Bible says about marriage, going back to the foundations uh, of marriage. And so, you know, we called it Better Together. That's what we're calling this episode. Um, you know, I want to say earlier when you're talking about needed a compromise, one of the pastors of our church, he said that marriage was agreeing, what did he say about signing up to for a set of, irreconcilable differences or something. (laughs) To stick together through the irreconcilable differences or something like that. I can't remember. He also famously once said, um, you know, he said, you you got these these couples, especially when they were young, 
because we were like this when we first married, that if you had an issue, you'd stay up all night talking about it because the Bible said, <laughs> don't go to bed angry. Don't, don't go to bed angry. He said, now I'm like, look, I'm just deciding not to be angry, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can talk about it tomorrow. Just decide you're not mad. Because it's like you said about, you know, divorce is not an option. Um, there, marriage for us has been a, a set of discussions, compromises, whatever, but a set a bunch of decisions we've made together um, that we're not going to compromise on. And so I think that's really, really important that you do that. Um, and, you know, just pursue each other. Have date nights. Just Remember why you liked each other, in the, liked each other in the first place? Put, put, a, put a movie on for the kids downstairs and go to your bedroom and do married couple of things. I mean, so I'm serious. I just, you've got to yeah. be real honest about that. And just, um, you know, if you really want to uh, want to make your spouse feel special, do something that makes them feel special. Don't do something that you wish that they would do to make you feel special. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, that's more, more Guggenberger yeah. advice. Um, yeah. You know, we won't we won't go into the actual example she used because, um, you know, might be children listening. <laughs> no, I just yeah, I just know some people might react to that. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, well, and I think just like with our kids, when we're feeling disconnected from our kids, we we always say lean into the nurture, right? So mm-hmm. begin to nurture your spouse. Begin to um, do those things that your spouse really appreciates and really likes. Um, not as a way to get something in return, mm-hmm. but just so as good. a way to serve your husband or serve your wife. So good. Um, because it's like with our kids, like we nurture them whether we're getting anything back because it's good for the relationship. Yeah. So I think the same applies to our, to our marriages and we can just, was that, there was like that movie and a book, right? It was like the love dare. Um, uh, fireproof. Fireproof. That's the Kirk one. Cameron. Yeah. It was kind of a, cheesy movie but the principle behind it I think was really good because it was just like all of these things were just to serve his wife Mm. and he wasn't going to do it he wasn't doing it out of a sense of she's going to do something for me but in that serving and in that just that nurturing care of your spouse you can begin to see things change in your relationship even if it's only one spouse that's doing it. Yeah, and and I I will say this, um, that that for anybody listening who really feels like they're they're in a really bad place in their their marriage and they've they've, they've considered um, walking out, um, I will say that um, when you're at that place, even when you're at that place, that can all be be redeemed and turned around. Um, but, But I think that you know, one of the ways, and I know, again, the second time I'm saying this, I know we're probably going to tell us to stop talking here in a second, Chris, but mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that, that really um, really was had an impact on me is um, was, was after reading reading a book called The Circle Maker and, and speaking to some friends about, about some issues uh, and getting some wise counsel um, that, that sort of my, my prayer for our marriage has changed. Because there's so many things that that it was like, oh my gosh, if she would just change this one thing about herself, and it's 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 the one thing is infinity, right? This is totally hypothetical, right? No, no, I am being completely transparent here. Um, it's like if she would just change, if she would just do that differently, you know, the, this problem would go away. But what I realized um, is that's is that's not the right way to 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 think about your marriage. It's not the right way to pray about your marriage. It's it's Lord, let me know what needs to change inside of me, and let my spouse know what needs to change inside of them. Um, and so, 
I accept that, that I know that you have to deal with me I know you have to deal with her and that's and that's good and just show me how we can support it us how we can support each other and all of that but the only thing I need to be interested in is is asking the Lord to work on me mm. because um, trying to change another person is a fool's errand yeah right I mean because that's what leads to divorce yes and it's also you know it's it's like trying to get just if your goal of raising your children is compliance it's the same thing right mm. they might salute and be compliant until they walk out the door and and then you might not see them again or might not see them for years but it really is about changing lives and about building healthy relationships and the only thing that i have any control over is my choices and my actions and so um, i need i need god to show me what i need to do differently I need her to, sh- you know, him to show her what she needs to do differently, and your wife needs you to know what you need to do differently, as you need her to know what she needs to do differently. Because I think that's the only way we actually end up heading towards each other constantly, right. instead of, you know, being parallel is okay, but it's still not the best thing. You constantly need to be heading towards each other. Yeah. Well, normally I would thank both of you for being on the podcast and then talk about getting questions. I am sure we're going to get lots of questions, and thank you for being on the podcast. Yes, of course. Awesome. So speaking of questions, if you can squeeze it into 208 characters, feel free to tweet it to us at one big happy home. But I'm guessing folks are going to need a lot more room than that. So you can always email us at info at one big happy We've also got a Facebook group just for our podcast listeners. Search for the empowered parent podcast community. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, the Google play store, and on Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate a review in any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopt kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening.